This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We'll recap UFC Fight Night, Smith vs. Span. Hit you with our segments, Isn't He Awesome, and Real World Callouts. And last but not least, we'll preview UFC 266, Volkanovski vs. Brian Ortega. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Just Like That. Something I thought I would never say, for, but it's uh, Nick Diaz fight week. What are you thinking? Re- oh, time I'm, to rep the 209. Josh Thompson, Josh Thompson had me uh, had me a little worried, but I think we're uh, I think we figured I think a quick JLT investigation completely solved and uh, pretty much eased all fears of the fight being called off and. Uh, yeah, we're just going up a weight. No big deal. All right, then. So before we had to jump in, throw out a little Nick Diaz uh, fight week shout out, but we'll start things off as we always do with our MMA take of the week. So Ryan, as always, take us away here. All right. Uh, just another quick take on one of my most hated fighters here. Uh, <laughs> UFC should just cut Leon Edwards from the UFC roster next time he refuses a fight. This guy, this man, he is straight up delusional. Uh, you know, I think he might have grandiose delusions. He might uh, have something wrong with bipolar or something. Um, he believes the UFC is actively working against him, trying to hold him back and get him beat. I mean, if the UFC was trying to get Leon Edwards beat, they would just give him the title shot against Usman and let him get mauled. Uh, that's not the case. Instead, his last matchup, the UFC gave him an easy matchup against Nate Diaz fighting up a weight class. Um, that he almost lost in the final minute of the fifth round. So, I mean, it's just, what is this guy thinking? He's not in reality here. He doesn't, I mean, they gave you easy matchup. They're trying to get you beat, but they gave you Nate Diaz at 170. Um, now they just don't want to give you a fight, I guess, or you don't want to fight anybody they give you. So you just complain about that. You think they have this massive conspiracy against you, Leon Edwards, because of who knows why. They just don't want you to be a champion. But here it is. Leon Edwards, you've never done anything except get punched in the face by Jorge Masvidal to promote yourself. Nobody wants to see you. You're always one fight away because they give you one fight and they say, make it happen. Make people want to watch you. And he continues to not make people want to watch him. You know, he goes out there and fights an extremely boring five-round decision against Nate Diaz. The most exciting part of the fight was Nate Diaz almost finishing him in the final minute. And he does nothing absolutely nothing to make himself the next guy while everybody out there everybody else in the division is doing stuff to get matchups that people want to see so you have nobody to blame but yourself i'm tired of hearing it nobody's there's no grand conspiracy against you you're just a boring fighter uh it's not like your strength of schedule is all that great and uh yeah go do something and then you get the title shot yeah fight Bilal muhammad <laughs> <laughs> Bola Muhammad, Nate Diaz. Uh, yeah, I saw – you know what You know what sparked it, though, why it got out of control? Because he was on Ariel's show, and Ariel's the guy that's always gassing up. Uh, he's always gassing up Leon Edwards, telling him that he's, he's, the, uh, he's the guy who should be getting the title shot. That's, that's par- part of the reason why he was, talk- he was talking so crazy. But I heard he turned down Masvidal. Like, it sounded like they were actually in talks to make that fight happen, and Leon yeah, turned and- it down. 
That's the only it's fight. The that's, that's the th- fight that makes the most sense. This is the fight that makes the most sense. It's the fight he's been asking for for so long. He's wanted that Masvidal fight. He gets it. He turns it down. He says he's waiting for a title shot. Well, Usman is fighting Colby Covington for the title shot. So you waiting is not going to get you a title shot. Somebody else is going to fight somebody else, and they're going to get the next title shot. You're just going to continue to be the next guy up, and barring just injuries or something, you're never going to get a shot. It's looking that way. Yeah, I saw he was in the news again uh, for basically inactivity. So pretty much just proving us right all along. We've been saying this for now, what, over a year? You know, when the only time you're in the news is you complaining and being a whiny bitch, um, that's why people don't like you. That's why people don't want to see you in a title fight. Yeah, and let's be honest. Anytime you get to fight like a Nate Diaz, especially when you're a humongous favorite and you're I mean, you have every advantage working for you. That's a lot of eyes on you, and that's a good chance to kind of jumpstart yourself in one way or another because the publicity level is so much higher. And I don't really know that he did that. If if anything, everyone pretty much counts that as a as a win for Nate and a loss for Leon. So if anything, he dropped after that one. Yeah, it was literally a step back for him. <laughs> it was a. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was a it was a drop in his stock, not a raise in his stock. So, yeah, go fight Masvidal. I would I would say that's a pretty good fight, anyways, and that's a fight he should take. And there's, that's a fight with a little bit of heat on it. Great promo for that fight, doing the uh, backstage, uh, the old three piece backstage, and uh, get your revenge from the guy that made you look like an idiot in your hometown. Yeah, exactly. Masvidal straight up punked you. You have a perfect storyline to build here. There's all the promotion. It's, the thing r- has written itself. All you got to do is go out there and capitalize on it and you get the next title shot. But no, you're not going to do it because all you want to do is sit there and complain and act like everything's against you. <laughs> yeah, he was saying he deserved the title shot before the Nate Diaz thing. So we'll just, uh, we'll just keep waiting and I think he'll probably keep proving you right. And uh, it's just unfortunate that you guys are uh, brothers, of the, brothers of the same name. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Nothing you can do about that. All right, I'll move on to uh, to my take of the week here. Um, my take of the week is that uh, everyone's saying that Anthony Smith does not get the respect he deserves. There's more people actually saying he doesn't get the respect he deserves than there are people disrespecting Anthony Smith. It's just out of hand. There's a whole like Anthony Smith fan club that wants everybody to know that they respect Anthony Smith. I'm kind of just going to bash Anthony Smith. Like, he's decent. He's a gatekeeper. At the end of the day, he'll never be at the top, but he'll beat guys that don't belong at the don't belong up there. But he's not really getting disrespected. He's just not. Like, there's just nothing to it. Like, it's just plain as day that there's more people telling you, "Oh, Anthony Smith doesn't get the respect he deserves." Anthony Smith doesn't. No one respects him, dude. People just don't care about him. You know what I'm saying? Like. Beating Ryan Spann, which we'll get to in a minute, and then going on your going on a on a call out that you're sick of being disrespected and people saying that you only fight bums. You just fought another bum, like how you're proving people right. So I uh, I feel like that this 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 uh, Anthony Smith doesn't get respect enough. Respecting has just gotten so it's just like every time I hear it, it's almost like just. It's driving me crazy, and that's uh, I don't really have any beef with the guy. Um, you always hear that, oh, he seems like a cool guy or a nice guy, whatever. That's fine. That doesn't have anything to do with their fighting abilities. But 
I think he's getting the equal amount of respect that he deserves, and I think he's getting the fights that he should be getting, and there's not much more to it. There's no reason to make news or a story out of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Anthony Smith get, not getting the respect he deserves is the same as Laura Sanko being the next broadcasting prodigy <laughs> um, in my book. Um, but uh, take that as you will. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he he gets the exact respect that he deserves. That's There's, what I mean. He deserves the respect he gets. He's the gatekeeper. He, You know, he's going to beat anybody who's not elite level. Anybody that's elite level is going to beat him. What, do you want me to act like he's a champion? He's not. He gets mauled by champions. He gets mauled by anybody in the top of the division. He's a good fighter. He's a solid gatekeeper. He goes out there. He gets it done um, in fights that he should, and fights that he should lose, he loses. I mean, what do you want me to do? Just respect the guy for... I mean, what, I, I don't get say where you this respect coming him. from. Just, say you respect him and say not enough people respect him. Yeah, I mean, I don't really get it. It just makes no sense to me. Um but yeah, I I guess I re- I respect Anthony Smith and I do too. I do too, but I just I'm not gonna go out and make campaign for him. Or how about like the amnesia that the whole that all these people have? Like they were saying like what I think that was a great call calling out Alexander Rakic after the fight. Alexander Rakic just beat the piss out of him one year ago. It wasn't even long ago. He had to finish the fight sitting down. He couldn't even stand. Everyone was upset with Alexander Rakic for not getting a TKO finish and that because that's what everyone bet on but instead he let him just uh like crawl around on the ground because he he took out Anthony Smith's legs and beat him up so bad how who would want to see that rematch uh I don't know the Lionheart you never know with this guy though uh but I'd say he'd get mauled again but I mean I, I respect the guy it's it's no easy feat to be um you know kind of at the top of uh, of the division somewhat in the mid you know top 10 of the division for what he's going on like 30 fights he's always been a, a decent fighter the entire time yeah. that's that's not easy to be a journeyman like that like you're putting him in the same kind of i would say kind of the same legacy era or i don't know i i'm i don't know the exact word i'm trying to go for here but the same group as like a jim miller or um joe lozon or guys like that that were have been able to just have long, sustained success in the UFC, but never been able to get it to that real top level. Yeah, no, I just, I just think I, everyone respects him, but no, nobody is like, like look at his, his, the, like I said, he beat Ryan Spann's not the guy to beat, and then basically make a claim that you're not getting the respect you deserve. Because let's be honest, we basically pegged that fight perfectly. You, you especially with the sub prop, which we'll get to all that. Um. But it was uh, pretty obvious he he had he had Ryan Spann outgunned from the get go and he's I mean he he gets accused of beating old guys and bombs while well, you fought another bomb so I don't really think that this is the one to uh, to uh, make the case that you don't get the respect or whatever but I don't know um, I guess he was just he was fired up after the fight he probably is sick of hearing that stuff but I think the media just kind of buys into it and just runs with it but that was kind of the thing all week was that no one respects him enough so. Probably enough on that. We can just jump into the uh, actual fight itself. Good call on the uh, submission prop because that was nailed. It was never even in doubt, was it? No, I mean it was it was close to in doubt a few times. It looked like he might go for the TKO, but I've I've watched Anthony Smith when he gets into these positions where he can um, lay ground and pound or rabbit punch or you know punch to the back or not the side of the head when he's got the guy's back. He usually does that very briefly 
and just he only does that to open up submissions to sink in the rear naked choke and that's exactly what he did so i kind of you know i kind of felt like as long as anthony smith didn't knock him out cold which i, I did not see happening um i i thought anthony smith would get it to the ground maybe stun him you know maybe take him down and uh and you know submit him uh and it went exactly how i thought it the only thing it was just it happened earlier than i thought it was going to now i can see first round now because ryan span is just going out there it's one of these guys going to get clipped it's going to get to the ground um you know first round maybe makes a little more sense now but uh yeah i mean i thought it was more like going to be more like the third but yeah i mean that's that's just as easy call as you can get i think at a plus 380 uh, that that's crazy for the submission we we nailed that one hopefully made some same Made some of you guys some money on that one, and uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty good fight. Yeah, that was a high confidence bet as well. I remember you saying that felt good about that one. It's like I said, yeah. this is like I said with my take of the week too. He's an easy, he's a pretty easy guy to bet on because it's pretty. He's pretty consistent. It's pretty. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out what's going to happen. And what is this now? Probably like four or five fights in a row. We've gotten exactly right what what he's going to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I respect that Anthony Smith makes me a lot of money on the at the sports books, win or lose. So um, usually we're on the right side of them either way. So you got to respect that. Exactly, very respectable trait. Um, yeah, and he was I fired up he, after the fight, but he uh, he cooled off and uh, cooler heads prevailed. And um, he called out Alexander Rakic, which I again think is a crazy call out because he just beat him up really, really bad. But we'll see who he gets. We'll see what which fight night he headlines next. He's on like a, well, they say eight out of nine last fights he's headlined. So he seems that seems to be his avenue he's going for. And um, we'll see who they give him next. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just going back on that a little bit. Yeah, I probably haven't ever been as confident in a plus 380 prop as I was in that one. So um, maybe I should have acted, you know, stated that a little bit more on the show but uh i mean i think i got the point across i really like that one yeah you were pretty confident all right we'll move on to our co-main event though we had ian Kutalaba versus uh devin clark um devin clark another guy you you correctly projected getting submitted by anthony smith ian Kutalaba, guy you can't really bet on because he's such a wild man honestly it looks like he it's hard to tell if he he just had devin clark outgunned he mauled him for three rounds um, quite disgusting dental work going to be done for Devin Clark. It looked like his teeth were broken off of his jaw. Um, just an all-out mauling by Ian Kutalaba. Kind of looked like he did what he's – a lot of people pretty much think he's capable of when he's not being a total wild man. What did you think of the performance there? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was uh, definitely an improvement in Ian Kutalaba's game plan. Uh, he didn't quite go out there quite as guns a-blazing. He did get it done. Banked the first two rounds. I think Devin Clark was coming back a little bit in that third round, which is kind of crazy seeing how, as his whole face is busted up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought Devin Clark was going to be able to get it going earlier in that second round. Proved Ian Kudalaba's gas tanks a little bit better. I guess he's been working on that, working on the cardio. I think he's in a new camp. So, uh, yeah, just a little off on that one. Yeah, he looked the, probably the best we've ever seen. We still saw that last, what, 20 seconds? It got kind of dicey. Yeah. But either way, he ended up finishing getting the win. Um, talk about wild, wild one that got dicey. Nathan Manasseh versus Tony Gravely. This was an insane fight. Um, one of the biggest comebacks I've ever seen. Um, 
I don't know. They were this this one. You knew it wasn't going to last long, but once uh, once they started tagging each other, it was just back and forth, and uh, ended up finishing with a TKO for Nathan Manass. He ended up uh, was it Manass one right? He's yeah, Nathan Manass won in that one. It was it was a pretty sick and, fight. I mean, Tony, fourteen and one now. Yeah, yeah. Tony gravely dominated the first round, and if there was. 20 more seconds, 10 more seconds maybe even, Tony Gravely would have won that fight by stoppage. At, at the very end of the r- first round, Tony Gravely knocked down Nathan Manassi. He was laying ground and pound, and he was just barely able to survive. Goes into round two, and anything can happen. Nathan Manassi is the one who, who took Tony Gravely out. So, sick fight. Got to give uh, some props to Terry on this one. He was he was big on the Nathan Manassi pick, so I threw 100 on him and uh, got back 170. So, not a, not a little not oh, a wow. bad... Uh, not a bad bet there. That wasn't one we gave yeah. on the show. I, I wasn't really either way on that one, but Terry was all over it. That was somewhat of a 50-50 fight there. You could, well, you would never argue this, but somebody could argue that that fight should have been stopped between rounds because just because the bell kind of saved him doesn't mean he wasn't seriously concussed. He looked pretty out of it. But, yeah, um, but as long as he can make the bell, as long as he can make it, you know, off yep. the stool when the round's over, he's got, a, he's got the minute to recover. So if he can recover, he you know, it's good to go. He looked clear when he stood back up, and I thought this would be surprised if he came back and won, but it is possible, and that's what uh, that's what he did. Credit to him for being a uh, guy who can bounce back. Joaquin Buckley, Antonio Arroyo, um, I thought that this was a, a ni- another nice knockout win for jo- jo- Joaquin Buckley, but I thought he kind of got exposed by a not very good fighter in Arroyo. You can kind of tell what Joaquin Buckley's going to do before he does it and on top of that you can see how he ended up getting head kick knocked out the way he ducks his head kind of into whatever the other guy's throwing um again kind of a highlight reel knockout for Buckley he definitely has power but I feel like he kind of got exposed by basically fighting a not great fighter and not looking good until he finally landed that uh that highlight knockout uppercut yeah, Antonio Arroyo was looking good. He was trying to throw that same head kick that yeah, too uh, much that DeSergio knocked out uh, Buckley with. He wasn't able to get it done, but uh, he looked a lot better than I thought he should versus Joaquin Buckley. I think Joaquin Buckley at this point is kind of an under, uh, kind of a wild card. I mean, um, and I'm not really sure where I'm going to go betting him. It just I guess matchup dependent kind of. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, slow Mike Rodriguez versus Stefan Nechequi. This was a uh, decision win for Nechequi. Uh Slow Mike Rodriguez, kind of a guy that I like to fade at this point. Not much more to say about that. Yeah, you got to fade him. I mean, but I mean, on the other side, Defon Nechequi fought a really good game plan. I mean, got it in the dirty box and got him in the clinch. He beat him up and he just had a dominant performance. So it's good to see a uh, good performance like that out of Defon Nechequi. Got us, uh, got us a much needed win on our picks. So, yeah, we ended up not doing too bad. I mean, I think we probably went 50-50 on the pick. Well, we had Gustavo Lopez was a draw. Uh, we lost the Impa Kasangane pick. I was big on Kasangane. Pan- lost the Panny Kanzad pick. Uh, be- got the Tafana Chuck. We lost Devin Clark, but then we hit the plus 380 plop on Anthony Smith. So, I, I think it turned out all right. Yeah, I would definitely finish the night in the positive. So, that was a... Uh, I would consider that a successful night. Um, any other fights on here that uh, you saw anything you wanted to bring up or anything? Any other good picks? Uh, let me see here. 
This was the um, last of a long string of like just ragtag cards that we've kind of just been grinding through, doing our best, but maybe not uh, paying as close of attention as we would have to cards like this one coming up. Yeah, I mean, one, I guess one fighter I like to shout out, that's Zhu Rong, youngest fighter on the UFC roster. Yeah. 22. He looks, he looks legit. Um, we, you know, we shit on Chinese fighters around here, but um, he looks like, <laughs> you know, he might have some, he might be a, the real deal. So we'll see. Uh, he's really young, uh, but he looks great. I, I like to see him take some steps up in comp- competition and, and see how he does. Yeah, they might have something with him. So, yeah, I'm glad our reputation of, uh, of our podcast is just shitting on Chinese fighters. <laughs> Sometimes, when necessary. Yeah. All right, then that'll wrap up our uh, our UFC Fight Night card. Um, UFC Fight Night recap. We'll move on then to our segments. We got our Isn't He Awesome and our weekly call out. It's my turn to go first. I'm going to leave the obvious Isn't He Awesome to you. I'm not going to steal it from you this week on this on this very important fight week. Um, I'm going to start my Isn't He Awesome with uh, all the people doing the uh, Volkanovski weight picks. Uh, it's actually grown now from Volkanovski used to weigh 214 pounds, 214 pounds when he played rugby. We're now up to, they've actually fattened up the picture and there's people believing that he used to weigh 350 pounds. It went from 214 to 240 to 275. Now we're at people believing that he weighed over 300 pounds because people are just fattening up the pictures. This happens every time he's on a fight card, you get all the pictures of when he was uh, playing rugby and he was a thick boy. I'm uh, I'm giving a shout out to the people who have taken it upon themselves to keep growing the uh, the myth of how fat he actually was at one point. So if you haven't seen the pictures, look up uh, look up Volk- Volkanovski, and you might as well just type in 300 pounds because it's probably the first one that'll come up. Somebody's done some photoshopping to make him look like a real fat guy, and uh, those. Those pictures, people are. This is probably the third or fourth fight now that he's had that these have gone around, and the the weight just continues to grow, and people just keep believing it. Yeah, it's insane. I believe it. Three hundred pounds. I mean, five six. It would be almost impossible for him to be three hundred. And he says he's five six, but he's, you know that means he's probably more like four five four or five five. But uh, exactly. Yeah, three hundred, three fifty. He'd be super heavyweight. Um, <laughs> he wouldn't be playing rugby tank. if he was that heavy. Right? Would he? I mean, somebody who's three hundred pounds and five 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 would literally not even be able to run. He'd be <laughs> literally waddling around the rugby field. So, I'm telling you, it grows. It grows every time you see it. I just saw it. I think I saw it for the first time again yesterday or the day before. Also, the picture of the guy. Uh, they sent him out with like the tallest security guard in the UFC to walk out with him. I don't know if you've seen this picture. I'll, I'll I'll hold it up here and anyone else can Google it if they want to see it. But they sent uh they sent uh Volkanovsky off with the they sent him out with the tallest security guard who was just you couldn't even see him because his head was so high up. And uh <laughs> have you see, can you see that? No, not really. It's not coming through very good. Oh, now I can see. Holy shit. He's only half his height. Literally yeah, they did him. Height. They did him very dirty with that one. And if this happens again, I'm telling you that, that, that it's intentional. So a lot of interesting stuff around Volkanovski fight week. Not so much um, involving his fights, but um, let's just say if you, if you hear somebody on the broadcast severely exaggerate how heavy he once was, just know we got another one who fell for the, uh, 
fell for the uh, Twitter propaganda. Because I know what's happened. I've heard people say he weighed 250 on the broadcast before. 240, I think, was what they said. But um, we'll see what happens. It's certainly going to be, there's certainly going to be brought up at some point. But enough on Volk there. Um, Call out this week, Yoel Romero. Um, Why don't I just give a mini shout out to Dana White? Again, one of your takes not that long ago. Have to give him credit. He never gets a cut wrong, does he? No, he really doesn't. He's he's the rain man of predicting the end of fighters' careers. Yeah, uh, Yoel Romero, much anticipated Bellator debut, did not go how I think people. I would say just it didn't go how people wanted it to go. It might have gone how people could have probably predicted if they really looked into it. So he basically got mauled by Phil Davis. Um, I think he he gave up like there was some crazy stat. He gave up more takedowns in that fight than he did in like. I don't know how many of his uh, professional fights leading up to it. So I don't know if it's a motivation issue. I don't know if it's a weight class up issue. I don't know if Dana just doesn't get cuts wrong. And uh, But Yoel did not look uh, did not look like the Yoel. I mean, sometimes I guess he looked like the Yoel. He looked like, uh, he looked like a shell of himself. Maybe age is finally catching up to him. We know he's, what, 40-something? How old do we know? How old do we think he is? I think he's in his mid-40s. That we think, but he yeah, being from Cuba, exactly. he might be in his mid fifties. But either way, Maybe. tough loss for Yoel. Tough loss. No more excitement. Probably the people hurting the worst are the is Bellator, who probably signed him to a uh, pretty lucrative contract, and uh, they're gonna have to ride it out and deal with the uh, repercussions of uh, Yoel not really being the Yoel that people were hoping for. Yeah, I mean, I would force him to fight at one eighty five. I mean, he just looks like just insanely sculpted at 185. And at at 205, he looked kind of, I mean, he looked in good shape. Still pretty wrong, good. But he wasn't the complete shredded monster that he usually is out there. Yeah, that's part of his allure, too, is his, uh, his insane physique. Possibly made in a lab, according to Joe Rogan. They've never seen anything like the density of his bones. So uh, he could probably still make 185 if that's the case. Yeah, he has the thickest eye sockets on, on record. <laughs> he has the thickest bones, then they heal the fastest. He's basically Wolverine, Cuban Wolverine. It's the sugar water. That's what he told Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, I bet it a little is. water, a little sugar, mix it up, drink it. It's all you need. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, there's probably other there's probably other things in the water. <laughs> Very well, could be. All right, what do you got this week? I, I saved an Isn't He Awesome for you. I didn't want oh, to steal yeah. it. We'll, uh, we'll start it off with the man, the myth, the legend, Nick Diaz, his return. There's been uh, some controversy coming up here. Um, we got Josh Thompson kind of stirring the pot, saying uh, he isn't going to fight, and he'd be very surprised if he does. But, I mean, if Nick Diaz doesn't fight, Dana White will blow a fucking gasket, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, they've... I've been watching this UFC 266 promotion. You would have no clue there's two title fights at the top of the card. <laughs> it is all Nick Diaz and nothing but. I mean, that just shows you what a draw this guy is. I wish he would have been back sooner, but fingers crossed we're going to get him back on Saturday night, uh, and hopefully he's uh, comes back looking like his former self, throwing those combinations, takes it to Robbie Lawler, who doesn't really punch throw punches anymore. So it could just, uh, even if he's not in his completely prime, he could still look like it 
just because uh, he could just, as long as he can throw combinations for three rounds, Robbie Lawler probably just put his back against the cage and take him. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, about as excited as I've been for a fight card here in a long time. And, uh, yeah, my guy, Nick Diaz, the Diaz brothers, uh, can't wait for it. Yeah, I'm with you there. That is – I never thought I'd see it again is the thing. The, there's so much more chaos and uh, unpredictability with Nick than there is with Nate. It's He's he's twice the wild card Nate is, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's still a good chance he doesn't show up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he is – he is – He's Nate time like, I mean he Nate 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 was a chip off of Nick like that he was the original like, if you think Nate's excuses and stuff are insane like Nick Diaz excuses are like from another planet but it all comes with the territory it's all part of the, like the uh, the fun the what makes it so awesome and uh, yeah this is gonna be a uh, yeah I mean we're, the unpredictability like I said we don't even know now if he's even fighting there's some some possible sketchiness there we're not i guess we're not sure i think he's i think it's all good so um it's just part of the part of the ride yeah exactly if you think nate diaz is bad on the mic wait till you see nick um but he does have some <laughs> hilarious sound bites uh i love the the sound bite where he's talking about he's like you know i gotta feed my family that <laughs> i'm trying to that i'll one day acquire <laughs> Because he doesn't realize he realizes right after he says he's got to feed his family, just because that's what everyone else says that he doesn't actually have a family. So then he has to add in that he hopes to acquire one day. Um, but it's a great clip if you haven't seen it yet. But yeah, I can't I can't wait. Should be uh, should be fireworks hopefully. Um, and yeah, I mean if he gets this fight, there's talks of a title fight next for him. So I mean he Leon Edwards is gonna be pissed once Nick Diaz skips him in line for the. Uh, Next 170-pound title. Yeah, that would be something. Well, let's be honest. If he wins this fight, everyone's going to call him out. That's the fight everyone's going to want. If he wins this if he wins this fight, there's going to be a lot of top-name guys who want to fight him. Usman will be creaming his pants for a Nick Diaz fight if Nick Diaz wins this fight. I mean, for he sure. Wants, he wants a Diaz fight so badly, <laughs> he will make the Nick Diaz fight happen. Hey, it might happen. Hey, and just another quick isn't he awesome before I kind of go into my tandem call out. Darren William Deron Williams, former um NBA star. Uh did you see this article? Apparently, no. um Deron Williams is a big MMA guy. He trains quite a bit. And according to Ryan Spann, Darren Williams whooped his ass in sparring one day. Um he said that it was the third round of sparring. Deron Williams came in and, and took it to him and beat him up pretty bad. He said he got another round in against him, and he hit hit Deron Williams pretty good, and he, and he's never sparred him again. But for one round, Deron Williams take it to him. I guess they're saying he weighs about 230 pounds now, and he's a beast. I guess he's got some uh, decent MMA skills. Uh, I think he owns a gym out there in Dallas or something. Wow. You know what? He fell out of the league so quickly. He was one of the top point guards in the league and disappeared out of nowhere. I forgot all about him. I'm glad to hear one thing, though. I'm glad to hear that you still don't know if his name's Duran or Darren, because I don't either. And he went to, like, Durant. Illinois. It's Duran? I think so. I go back and forth myself, so I just it's just a name I haven't said in a long time, but I did not know that. I'm going to look that up. That's interesting. That's like that, uh, that uh, uh, I don't know, a guy out of Iowa State, I think, that got drafted in the second round, but he was afraid to fly, so he started uh, training MMA. Not so high profile, but... Very interesting. 
Yeah, so yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, U of I alum played on that team with uh, who was all on that? Um, D Brown, Luther Head, James Head, Augustine, yeah, Rod, and Roger uh, Paul. Yeah, Paul. yeah, that was a solid squad. Yeah, yeah, they were good. They got second. I think Duke beat them, but yeah, a little little throwback. North Carolina. Oh yeah, North Carolina but, beat them. Oh, North Carolina. Yeah, you're right. But uh, anyways, we'll move on to my call out. Kind of going with the uh, Nick Diaz, isn't he awesome? We're calling out Robbie Lawler. Saturday night, you are about to get taken out by the Nick Diaz army. Judging by his recent comments, doesn't even want to step into the cage anymore. It's time to leave the gloves in the cage after Nick Diaz steamrolls him on his way to winning the next UFC welterweight title. Um, Just a quote that this came out of Robbie Lawler's mouth just recently. They were big fights. I was excited at the time for those fights. Big opportunities against some big names. But I felt good after those fights. I still feel good. It's just how much time do I want to put into the sport when I have time to spend with my family? I mean, that doesn't sound like a guy who's ready to uh, take it to uh, Stockton 209 and get slapped up in the cage on Saturday night. He's got a foot out the door. He's got a foot out the door. You know what they say? It's time to leave. And I think Nick Diaz is going to give him that final push right out the door. Dana White, if you're thinking about retiring, you probably should. Isn't that exactly. a saying? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't know. I didn't see those quotes. He went and it sounds like he wasn't. He, he wasn't thinking about retiring. He said he thinks he'll always fight or be involved in some way, but they, he's got other priorities now. Yeah, he's acquired a family, unlike Nick Diaz. He basically did everything. Yeah, exactly. He's acquired <laughs> the family, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's he basically did everything he could to say. He is thinking about retirement without actually saying it. Yeah, he's got a foot off the door. Um, good chance he's the only reason he hasn't been cut is because of this fight. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Uh, I mean, there's not really much left for him. Uh, I guess he's just a staple, kind of keep those guys around a little longer. But, I mean, I don't expect to see him too much longer. Yeah, he hasn't thrown a punch in three fights or four fights. Yeah, right. Not much you can do there. He's just there to set up the uh, the new breed of guys like Nick Diaz. <laughs> the new breed of guys on their second on their comeback when he's allowed to smoke weed now. That we've never seen Nick Diaz when he's allowed to smoke weed. We don't know what he's capable of. Yeah, it could be superhuman. <laughs> I'm kind of expecting that. He's not even that old. There's a lot of guys that are a lot older than Nick Diaz that are like still in their fighting primes. Exactly, and who knows? Six years off. You know, some you might have been, you know, recover the chin a little bit, get back, uh, take some time off, clear your head, get back into training. They say you've been training for a year to two years now, so I uh, like back sparring and stuff. So, I mean, you know, sometimes that could, uh, you'll probably have some ring rust, but I think he's going against a guy that's not extremely dangerous at this point. Yeah, and of all people to have ring rust, I would put him low on the list because I'm pretty sure his fighting's just like in his genetics. Oh, yeah. But we can save some of that for the uh, for the preview. Yeah, let's. Uh, it, we all good? You want to hit the preview? Yeah, we can move on to the preview. That's all you got for uh, callouts there, and uh, we'll move on to our UFC 266 Volkanovski versus Ortega preview. Um, we're gonna start off at the top of the card and work our way down. This is a crazy card. Um, just counted them up recently. Fourteen fights on this card. All but maybe the last, all but maybe the early prelims are pretty high-profile uh, 
pretty high profile matchups kind of basically breaking this the slump we've had of um what i would consider some pretty weak cards some pretty uh easy forgettable cards this one on the other hand is not that's not the case for a lot of different reasons start off with the main event we got alexander volkanovsky fighting brian ortega uh volkanovsky minus 167 brian ortega plus 147 what do you got here um you're gonna mix in some props this week i know you did a little more research because this is a uh big pay-per-view card uh what have you uh seen that you liked on this one yeah we got some props going might just be riding high for my uh, Anthony Smith submission prop, so, um, but we'll we'll try it again here. So, uh, this one, I got I've, I kind of flipped back and forth on this one, man. Uh, it it was a tough pick, but I got to go with Alexander Vol- Volkanovsky. Um, I like him by decision plus one thirty five. We've seen uh, most of Volkanovsky's fights these days go to decision. Um, Brian Ortega, um, I don't think he's gonna finish Volkanovsky by any means unless he submits him. Uh, so I think it's safe to say we're going to get this fight by decision. Um, also, there's an off chance. You know, we saw Brian Ortega look like he made some huge improvements, but it was against uh, Korean Zombie, who I think, you know, he's older now. He isn't the fighter he used to be. And it, Brian Ortega did still absolutely get mauled by Max Holloway, who is the rightful champion and should be in this fight. Indeed. Um, but I, I just don't think the improvements were enough. Uh, either way, Alexander Volkanovsky fought Max Holloway a best striker in the 145 division and, you know, maybe best striker almost possibly in the entire UFC at this point. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And Volkanovski fought him very competitively. Uh, although I did think he for sure lost the second one. So going Volkanovski by decision plus 135. I also like fight goes the distance minus 132, just in case, uh, you know, Brian Ortega is the real deal and that what he showed versus Chan Sung Jung, he can do against Volkanovski. Yeah, I like those picks a lot. Um, I would, I, I think these are pretty favorable odds here, especially fight goes a distance minus one thirty two. Um, always a chance, always a chance for to be surprised. But um, even, even, even that uh, Korean zombie fight went the distance, didn't it? Yeah, I believe so. And that was pretty like the fourth round. And that was about well, that was a one sided. That was an extremely one sided beatdown. So. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it seems like Volk, Volkanovski's a guy that likes to, especially when he's winning, um, he he kind of uh, doesn't take chances. He plays for the for the he plays for the decision win. So I would uh, I would expect that as well. I also picked Volkanovski. So um, yeah, and you know what he does really well. I think that will help him against Brian Ortega. That he did against Max Holloway as well. He follows up the leg kicks with combinations. Gets in there. That's how he lands his strikes. It seems like he's a shorter guy, so he needs to get in there. He needs to get in the pocket to throw throws the leg kick, fouls it up with the combination, and then gets out. He's real smart. He's in and out. He doesn't leave himself in positions to get hurt too bad. Um, and, yeah, he, he he's a solid fighter. I mean, I think Max Holloway is the champion, but I think Volkanovski will, will get this W, and when we'll see uh, the third fight, Volkanovski versus Holloway. Yeah, not bad for a guy that weighs over 300 pounds. You're right. All right, next next up, we got another title fight. We got Valentina Shevchenko versus Lucky Lauren Murphy. Um, you know me, huge Lauren Murphy fan. Going to be tough for me to make a, make a call here. What do you got for this fight? Yeah, I mean, we. <laughs> what was the lines on this one? Minus 1,200? Uh, looks like five times has Valentina Shevchenko up to minus 1,375. Lauren Murphy, 
plus 900, are you going to call this a lighting money on fire type move, or is this uh, possibly a strategic play here? This is, if you want to lose your money, you could bet on Lauren Murphy in this one. I mean, it's all Valentina Shevchenko all day. Um, I mean, I'm not betting her at minus 1,375, but um, I got a prop here. If I'm going to bet Valentina Shevchenko, if I want to bet this fight, I'm betting Valentina Shevchenko. I'm betting her by TKO or knockout, minus 120, but which considering she's a minus 1,375 favorite, um, I mean, minus 120 to win by TKO or KO is pretty solid. Lauren Murphy's just not going to be able to keep up with her. She's going to get overwhelmed. Valentina Shevchenko is better than her in every aspect. Lauren Murphy, she's tough. She's durable. Um, so I think that by TKO or KO could get you a little worried. It might go a little bit deeper, but I'm thinking third, fourth round. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko will just be too much for her. She'll take her out. How many five-round fights does Lauren Murphy have? At any? I don't believe so. Yeah, I was just off the top of your head. You don't have to look it up, but I I don't know. She's been like a she, ATM for me. I've gotten ex- so. I've gotten extremely I would say sometimes lucky and sometimes just made good bets, but I've uh, I've done really well betting on Lauren Murphy. So um it's going to be tough for me to bet against her, but um yeah, I'm thinking KO TKO is -120 you're not going to for for that is again when you're talking about a minus 1375 favorite that's uh that give puts the odds a little more in your in your favor there so uh, i'm with you again on that one no disagreements so far lucky and murphy yeah. is gonna need a whole lot of luck in this fight <laughs> yeah that would she might run out of luck for this one but i guess disclaimer you never know right sometimes you, you do know. but you don't crazy stuff I'll just happens keep, in this sport I'll just I'll just keep saying it. All right, Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler, the people's main event, the uh the OG main event here. We got Nick Diaz minus 108, Robbie Lawler minus 112. I don't know when I thought we were going to get some uh some dog money on Nick Diaz. I was praying for it. I uh but I know cats out of the bag. Both of us love Nick Diaz in this fight. Um what what uh what's your uh, official stance breakdown picks whatever you got for this one? Yeah, official pick is Nick Diaz. I don't got any props on this one, uh, but I, I like Nick Diaz in this one. I know there's tons of question marks. So here's the thing. I hear people saying Nick Diaz or Robbie Lawler. Well, they say, well, we got to go with – I hear a lot of people saying we got to go with Robbie Lawler. He's fighting. We know what we're going to get. Um, and with Nick Diaz, there's just so many question marks here. But my response to that is we know what we're going to get with Robbie Lawler. That's the thing. And what we're going to get is not that much. So what do you mean we know what we're going to get? We, you know, we want to go with the guy who's been in there and getting rounds. I mean, this guy hasn't been getting good rounds in. He's been getting rounds of getting his ass kicked in. And against a volume striker like Nick Diaz, if he's half of what he used to be, I think he beats Robbie Lawler here. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I like Nick Diaz a lot in this fight. I think he is going to be able to get in there. I think he's going to be able to back up Robbie Lawler, get him against the cage, as long as you know able to get in and get out, not get in too much of a firefight, take and not take one huge shot, um, I, I think he gets the win here. Uh, he should be able to, you know, just kind of take it to him, hit him with some combinations, back up, come back in, hit him with some more, in and out, in and out, in and out, finish the fight. So yeah, I, I really like Nick Diaz in this one. 
Yeah, and we we've been like obviously we're homers and fans and everything, but we've been we've been on this one since it was first announced. Like I guess you just get to a point. I think I think Robbie Waller has that allure of a uh, kind of has that lore from being like thought of as like a vicious champion. I think people are just discounting. It's kind of like Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley didn't throw many punches in his last four fights, five fights. He didn't throw many punches in his career, but he really didn't throw after his prime. Robbie Lawler's been the same way, but every time you think, oh, he's going to go back to being Robbie. But it, this is this is what you get. Um, all you have to do is be a volume guy to beat him, and that's exactly what Nick Diaz is. So the only thing I can think of is if somehow, some way, Nick Diaz hasn't actually been training or hasn't actually got into shape, but I would find that to be very surprising if that's the case. He's been in all Nate's camps. He runs his own operation. It's not like he's been in too much trouble that we know of. So, again, I'm uh, I'm with you all the way. Stockton 209. Let's go. Rematch 17 years in the making. Um, I think this is uh, going to go same way the first one did. Nick Diaz by uh, probably by decision in this one, but not by knockout. But I think he it's going to be a uh, take him out. You could overwhelm him over three, four rounds. Yeah, that's true. We'll see, though. Um, again, like so many question marks it's it's hard to get like to go too hard in one direction or take any crazy props or have a real good lean but again i'm pretty confident nick diaz i i i feel pretty good about that one yeah before we move on quick nick diaz story so were you in the league when when my buddy Paige was still in it was that i've been in three seasons now i think you might have been in the first one you were in then Paige. but uh yeah. anyways so he was in Vegas one day on the strip, walking down the strip, and he saw Nick Diaz, started talking to him, said Nick Nick Diaz was super cool, asked Nick if he wanted to smoke, or Nick asked him if he wanted to smoke. He said, yeah, and they rode around Vegas in Nick Diaz's truck smoking weed for uh, <laughs> for like an hour, just hanging out, shooting the shit. So it's a, Nick Diaz, apparently a great guy. <laughs> Very generous fella. I remember when he was, he was uh, Nick Diaz, does he, he was living in Vegas for a while because didn't he, didn't he get in some trouble out there or something? This wasn't recent. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't in the six years off here. This was what prime Nick Diaz when he was fighting like GSP and BJ Penn and Anderson Silva. This is a while. Oh, yeah. Those were good times. Uh, Yeah, that would be insane. That's like your dream. That's like something you've been dreaming about your whole life. He's got his phone number. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't worked a little harder to acquire that. He said he'd send it to me. I, it's probably not the same number these days. Yeah, there's a, there's a very slim chance, but you never know. We could have hit him up after Nate's fight, and uh, maybe we could have came through uh, <laughs> Nate's party. party. <laughs> we, we fumbled on that one. Uh, anyway, yeah, the people's main event. We'll, uh, we will be waiting very patiently for that one. Uh, next up, though, we got Curtis Blades and Jarzinho Rosenstrike. This one kind of flew under the radar for me. Curtis Blades minus 310, Rosenstrike plus 255. Rosenstrike has been active. Um, he's kind of been up and down, but he's been active. Curtis Blades, we haven't seen since. Was that since he got knocked out by Derek Lewis probably? Um, yeah. Either way, big favorite for Curtis Blades, minus 310. Um, obviously, we've seen he has some holes, but I'll let you, uh, what's your pick here and uh, anything you ex- you're expecting out of this one? Yeah, I, I don't really know which way to go on this one. I'm kind of going with the pass on this one. Um, 
I don't really like any props on it. I don't really like the line. It's heavyweights. Um, we've seen, we know we got Jorginho Rosenstrike is a power puncher. He, when he connects, when he finds the perfect shot, he lands it and he finishes fights. Um, we know Curtis Blades is susceptible to, to, uh, to power punchers. You know, he lost to Derek Lewis. He lost to Francis Ngannou. Jorginho Rosenstrike, he's not quite Francis Ngannou. He's not quite Derek Lewis, but he does have power. He is a guy that uh, Curtis Blades has to be careful with. Um, Curtis Blades' style, uh, it kind of leads him to having some openings if he doesn't just mash at the takedown and, and control him on the ground for the entire round. I think that's very possible. I think he could, Curtis Blades could take Jorginho Rosenstrike down, ground and pound him, and get him out of there easy, easily. But we've seen this Curtis Blades. We've seen him leave himself open uh, and give people opportunities and get knocked out. So... I mean, maybe throw Jarzini Rhodes a strike if you're just looking on a gamble by knockout or something. But uh, I think overall it's a pass. Um, kind of too many question marks. But, uh, you know, like I said, Jarzini Rosenstrike, strike, power puncher, not quite on the level of the two guys that beat Curtis Blades. But I could see it happening. I could also see him getting taken down at will and, and kind of smashed for three rounds. So, Yeah, I'm... I'm uh... I'm with you there. That's a tough one. Anytime you get these minus three tens, and uh, that's just tough. Uh, Cynthia Calvillo, Jessica Andrade. Cynthia Calvillo plus two hundred. Jessica Andrade minus two forty. I uh, again another one. It sucks, but I mean it. It just feels like the bookmakers are pretty pretty spot on on this one. Jessica Andrade minus two forty. Is that what you were uh, thinking with this one too? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm going Jessica Andrade here. I don't love the pick here. Um, Cynthia Calvillo, she's got a good jiu-jitsu, uh, but, and she's kind of quick. She's kind of nimble. She moves around. Jessica Andrade's kind of plotting, but she has power. Um, you know, but she's a bulldog. She doesn't quit. I think over, over three rounds, Jessica Andrade's going to tire her out, get the win, but I don't, I don't love this one. I can see Cynthia Calvillo pulling it off somehow, but, um, yeah, I, I, you got to go Jessica Andrade here, um, She's got the takedown. She's got the power. Uh, she's got the pressure. Um, and I, I think it'll be enough to uh, overcome Cynthia Calvillo. All right, then. Another fight here that slipped under the radar for me. I don't know about the same for you. Marlon Marias versus Marab DiCiavelli. We got Marias plus 210. Marab minus 250. Um, man, it's just tough with uh, Marias. He's kind of been a shell of himself. What do you got for this one? Yeah, I mean, on this one, I mean, Marlon Marais, he is a dangerous fighter. Round one, he is extremely dangerous. Uh, he could put anybody out, including Marab here. Uh, but that being said, I'm sticking with Marab here. Um, I'm not betting a minus 250. If I'm picking Marab here, I'm picking Marab by decision. Um, we haven't seen Marab finish many fights. Uh, he dominates, completely dominates fights, but they always go to decision. It's always judges' scorecards. Uh, I think it'll be the same here. Providing he can uh, he can get out of the first round with Marlon Marais and not take any huge shots, I think guys know what to look for. Marlon Marais when he's on his up, you know his his rise, it was that quick kick that he got everybody with where where they didn't see it coming. People know that's his that's his weapon, that's his go to, that's how he scores the knockouts. People are looking for that, they they're waiting for it. As long as you don't get caught with that, should be good. Should be able to get the takedowns. Should be able to grind them out. Should be able to uh, to win a three-round decision here. So I like Marab by decision, plus 110. 
again, pretty good odds for a guy who always goes to decision, plus 110. So I like that. Uh, Dan Hooker, Nazareth, Hackpressed. We're not even – I don't even know if there's a for sure that this fight's going to happen. Both guys were having visa issues. Sounds like maybe they're both sorted out. Dan Hooker, minus 145. Nazareth, Hackpressed, plus 125. Uh, we might be getting a little favorable odds here because Dan Hooker in his last fight got knocked out so quickly by Michael Chandler. Um, what's your uh, what's your pick and your uh, your breakdown here? Yeah, so I've been hearing a lot on this one. Um, you know, I hear a lot. Dan Hooker he's had the visa issues. He has a long flight over. Um, it's a pain in the ass to get back to Australia after he fights. Um, so there's all types. You know, all these things going against him. Um, but I still don't find it a reason to, to not take him in this fight. Um, Nazareth hack pressed. Yes, he is good. Um, I, I just think Dan Hooker, even with the, the visa stuff, the travel, the short nose travel going against him, um, I think he's going to be able to pull this off. The guy's got size. He's got length versus Na- Nazareth hack pressed. I think he should be able to keep him out on the outside. I think he, you know, we could see, uh, one of those uh, famous knees that Dan Hooker, the hangman is famous for. And, uh, think he'll get the win here i like minus 145 like you said i think it's a little bit favorable odds just because of the the kind of some of the stuff working against him outside the fight but uh yeah we'll go dan hooker this is really where we see if uh if dan hooker is is done in the ufc if he loses this fight he's on his way out pretty much i mean he it'll be a quick fall from grace but uh yeah i mean it, it will it'll be the case i know he has a lot working against him but yeah i mean dan hooker Nazareth Hackpress, not the not the fighter Michael Chandler is. I don't expect him to go out there bum rushing, get a quick knockout versus Dan Hooker. Um, hey, I I just I like Dan Hooker in this one. Yeah, again, I'm with you on this one. This is a pretty big step up in competition for uh, Nazareth Hackpress, and we haven't always seen him um, do so well when he steps up in competition, even when he uh, was kind of more of a promising prospect. And I think it was Drew Dober that put his lights out pretty quickly, pretty easily. So I'm uh, I'm big on Dan Hooker here. And uh, I'm, I was thinking maybe the favorable odds were due to the fact that he got sparked by Chandler and kind of didn't look like himself. But um, whatever the case is, yeah, I'm a big fan of this line here. I'm a big fan of Dan Hooker on this uh, on this pick. But uh, next up we got Shamil Abdurakamov versus Chris, the brother's keeper, Dawkins. Um, we have here my Chris Dawkins minus two ten, Shamil Abdurakamov plus one seventy five. Chris Dawkins been uh been solid as a rock for us. What do you think here was uh we got here? Yeah, I like Chris Dawkins again here. Um, I like Chris Dawkins by TKO as well. Um, odds on that we got Chris Dawkins by TKO plus one twenty. Um, let's see what we got with Chris Dawkins here. He's quicker. He's got crisper striking. I think he's better all around. Um, it seems like if he does get taken, he can get back to his feet quick. It seems like he's a pretty complete fighter. He's definitely one of these guys that nobody expected much out of at all. He's kind of come in and, and just been on a roll, and uh, I don't think that that roll is going to end here. So I think he's going to keep rolling on. I think he's going to get the win. I think it's going to be a knockout. And, yeah, keep the uh, keep the Dawkins brothers going. All right, then we'll move on to our last fight of the preview here. Our girl, Roxanne Modafferi versus Talia Santos. We have Roxanne Modafferi plus three-tenths, Talia Santos minus 370. We know Roxanne is uh, pretty durable. We know Talia Santos is also 
very solid. Um, what do you uh, what do you think goes down in this one? Hey, Roxanne Matafari, she is, uh, you know, kind of uh, kind of the darling of uh, the JLT podcast, somewhat. <laughs> uh, you know, we we like her. We you know we we do it as lo- as much as we kind of give her shit, make fun of her. Um, you gotta respect her. I mean, it's always fun know, to see her name on the fight cards. Respect she deserve they deserve. It's not Anthony Smith. It's uh, Roxanne Matafari here. Uh, but I could get behind that. As much as I like her, yeah. As much as I like her, um, I don't think the she's gonna get the win versus Talia Santos. There's been other fights where we've been on her, um, and and we've got some good underdog money. This ain't the one. Uh, Talia Santos just you know gonna be a step above her. Uh, I think Talia Santos wins here by decision. I think Talia Santos is gonna dominate Roxanne Montefiore for the first two rounds. Um, hopefully she doesn't get too tired. Hopefully she's able to you know last that third round. I think she wins. Cash is this ticket by decision minus one thirty-seven. Yeah, tough to argue that with Roxanne's durability and kind of her how limited she is as an actual, you know, an actual uh, high-level fighter. She's she's clearly worked hard. She's clearly uh, she's accomplished a lot. Uh, surprisingly, she's made it to the point she has. And and uh, but again, Talia Santos has looked really good. Um, I would say if any of the last uh, few opponents for uh, Roxanne were going to finish her, I would say Talia Santos is pretty high on my list of ones that could do it. But again, she's just been she's just been durable enough that uh, I don't think I don't think I would uh, I would expect her to get finished. Yeah, I mean Vivian Arujo, she was she's solid. She looked she just laid it and out put a beating on her. Far. Put a beating on her, and Roxanne just walked through it the entire time and. Uh, I think came back in that third round somewhat. Um, yeah. When Vivian Arujo gassed, but uh, yeah, uh, she can take a beating, uh, and I think uh, I think she'll take another one here, and uh, <laughs> I think they'll go to decision. Which is a win in our books. It's a win for us. Win for us, exactly. And she doesn't get the respect she deserves. Exactly right. I mean, she fought for uh, the w- women's flyweight. Uh, title so i mean this is a former title challenger we got here and she derailed macy barber and when everyone thought macy barber was going to be the next uh the next uh title challenger and she she beat her up the only thing we got going against us here since entering the ufc here she has lost one 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 lost one 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 lost one 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 lost one 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 lost one she's due for a win Unfortunately, if the pattern holds. Ooh, tough task, though. Some things are just bigger than patterns. We've seen a few patterns broken in the last couple of years. That's true. That is true. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, we'll be tuning in for pretty much all these fights. But, yeah, a whole giant slate of fights here. Uh, 14 right now. Maybe there's a chance some fall through. I don't know. seems like they're just making huge cards. They're just stacking them up and uh, – Whatever happens, happens. But we've been having pretty good luck with keeping all the fights on the card. Anything else on this card other than um, the obvious repping 209, um, basically the uh, theme of the whole card. Anything else you wanted to point out or anything you're looking forward to? Not really. We've been waiting for this day for six years now. Nick Diaz is back, hopefully. Hopefully, barring any setbacks, we're back. Uh, and yeah, I can't wait. I'm excited. All right, then we'll wrap things up. We're uh, looking forward to this one. We've been, 
I know I've said it a bunch of times. We've been grinding out some pretty uh they've been good cards. There's nothing wrong with them. They just there hasn't been this uh this excitement where you stay engaged for the whole fight week and you uh you kind of follow along day by day like we're doing right now. Um there hasn't been that in a while, probably not maybe not since um what July. I don't know, but either way, good to have it back and uh can't wait for it. So we'll uh, wrap things up then. Uh, good luck with your picks. Uh, enjoy the violence, and we'll see you all next week. Stockton. Peace. <laughs>